0: From the Erie Otters, Connor McDavid. From the London Knights, Mitch Marner. From the Western Hockey League's Brandon Wheat Kings, Nolan Patrick. This is tracking the draft with Craig Button. He checks an enormous amount of boxes.
1: Nobody in this draft did more with less. I absolutely love him. It. It's not his skills that anybody's concerned about, it's that playing attitude. And quite frankly, it's really poor.
0: Speeding towards the future of the NHL. From
1: the US Development Program, Jacob Truba. From Färjestad in the Swedish Elite League, Jonas Brodin. From the
0: Boston U Terriers.
1: Brady Kachuk. He could play in the NHL next year. He's one of those guys.
0: Here's your host, Dean Millard.
2: Hey there, and welcome to the very first episode of Tracking the Draft, featuring the scouting director for TSN, Craig Button, former GM and a Stanley Cup champion, with the Dallas Stars. My name is Dean Millard. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Depending on when you're listening to this, I'm just glad that you have chosen to download it. Uh, The stars of tomorrow are discovered here. And some of the stars that we're gonna talk about are potential stars on this first episode. Uh, In top shelf talent, those will be uh, players in about the top 40 uh, going off uh, Craigslist on TSN. Jake Sanderson from the U.S. National Development Program will be our top-shelf talent player today. The next wave is players after the first round. Uh, We're focusing on Jake Neighbors of the Edmonton Oil Kings and Igor Sokolov of the Cape Breton Eagles today. And Time Machine is a really fun segment where Craig is going to go back in time, tell us a story about a player he was involved in or that was drafted, and compare it to one in this year's draft. And uh, he'll give me some hints every week. This week, it's a Dallas Stars goalie and a Guelph Storm goalie. Also, we'll have a little trivia fun at the end of the show. I think American defenseman from the 2019 draft. And if you have a question, make sure you ask Craig. Email me, trackingthedraft at gmail.com. And I will forward it on to Craig about a specific player that we will be talking about just before we get to uh, the nuts and bolts of uh, the show some chl news the import draft uh, took place this, or went this week and uh, north bay takes matt vay petrov a russian forward uh, first overall the second russian forward to go uh, first in four years to the uh, ohl svenchnikov in 2017 to barry Petrov is touted as a goal scorer. The battalion have had a, a couple of conversations with him, according to uh, a story, and recently acquired fellow countryman Matt Guskov. They also took Ty Nelson first overall in the 2020 priority draft, a kid that I actually had the chance to watch at the brick tournament in 2014. So uh, some good stuff there in the CHL import draft. Um, it's always a bit of a gamble. Um, you know, a lot of times from people I've uh, spoken to uh, in, in when I was on the pipeline show and you, we were deeply involved in, uh, in scouting those, well, not scouting those players, but uh, uh, discussing those players. A lot of the times it's not just the best player, it's can you get this player to, to come over and play? You know, how much is it going to cost uh, uh, um, uh, in agent fees and things like that? So it's a lot of negotiations. Not always the best players. Also, the Manitoba Mafia continues in Vegas, and I mean that in the uh, most complimentary way possible uh, because the Golden Knights have signed former Brandon Weekend goaltender Yuri Patera to a three-year deal. The obvious connection is that Brandon's owner is Vegas GM Kelly McCrimmon, in case you didn't know, uh, the Golden Knights have a ton of Manitoba connections on the roster, in management, on the broadcast, and we all know Manitoba produces not just friendly but talented people as well. The 21-year-old is from the Czech Republic. He saw action in 41 games for Brandon and was named the WHL's Eastern Conference Goalie of the Year. Record of 24-12, 2-2, two two. goals against average of 2.55 and a 921 save percentage. He also had five shutouts. He had almost 70% of the Wheat Kings wins this year, and they were battling for a playoff spot before the season was canceled. Uh, The Golden Knights drafted him in 2016, and with about as good a scouting report as you are going to get, the Wheat Kings took him in the second round of the import draft of 2018. So it, it pays to have your owner be able to tap into the NHL team's uh, scouting minds, and, and why wouldn't you? Um, you know, as, as the Golden Knights, you know exactly the team he's going to, so you trust that process, and uh, for the Wheat Kings, you're getting um, uh, all this more scouting information than you might have with another player. So I, I, I think it always makes sense, um, and I don't think you um, uh, draft strictly players from your junior team, but if you can place a player on your junior team and be able to watch them all that more closer, it, uh, it certainly makes sense uh, anyway, in uh, my mind. So that's a little bit of uh, news and notes. Let's get to him, Craig Button.
0: Here he is. The director of scouting for TSN, former GM of the Calgary Flames, and a Stanley Cup champion with the Dallas Stars. Plus, he's a sharp-dressed man with a heart of gold and a passion to match it. Craig Button.
2: All right. Here are the three players uh, we will be discussing today and their vitals Uh, for top shelf talent. Jake Sanderson, left hand defenseman with the U.S. National Development Team. He has committed to the University of North Dakota. He was born in Whitefish, Montana, does have dual citizenship as his dad uh, was born in Canada, grew up in uh, Pine Point and high level. Uh, he is uh, six foot one, 185 pounds, or six feet 170 pounds, depending on where you look. So maybe he has uh, put on some weight uh, since some of these uh, totals were taken. 47 games played, seven goals, 22 assists, 29 points, and on Craigslist at TSN, he is ranked. Number 12. In next wave, Jake Neighbors is a left winger for the Edmonton Oil Kings. He is from Airdrie, Alberta, 5'11, 201 pounds. In 64 games with the Oil Kings, he had 23 goals, 43 assists for 70 points. He is ranked 43rd on Craigslist. Igor Sokolov, left winger from Cape Breton, uh, for the Cape Breton Eagles, rather shoots right though. Uh, he is from Yekaterinburg. I apologize if I butchered that in Russia. 6 foot 4 240. 52 games, 46 goals, 46 assists, 92 points. He is ranked 63rd on Craig's list and he has been through the draft once before. And in time machine, uh, the other hint uh, he has played for Team Canada last year at the World Junior Championships. Let's start things off with top shelf talent. Mocket picks his pocket. In on Fane, the shot is scores!
0: Let's check out some top shelf talent. Off the bar and in over the glove hand. Another rifle shot up to the upper right hand corner. That's a beautiful goal right there. Holy smokes. Top shelf. <laughs> as we explore first round potential. From the Halifax Mooseheads, Nathan McKinnon. McKinnon through traffic.
2: Craig, it is our maiden voyage of tracking the draft, and uh, I thought the first player we should discuss in top-shelf talent is uh, a guy that, uh, you know, you know uh, his father very well. I know his father a little bit, but my wife grew up with his father. I'm talking about Jake Sanderson, who is the son of Jeff Sanderson, so it's kind of an all-in-the-family episode here on Canada Day. By the way, happy Canada Day as we're recording this on July 1st.
3: Yeah, well, it's always uh, nice to celebrate Canada Day. Uh, I'm usually doing it in the studio as uh, free agent Frenzy gets ready to, uh, you know, take on the uh, the joys and the disappointments of the fan base, depending on who you sign or don't sign. So, you know, it's a very different Canada Day this year. But nonetheless, you know, uh, absolutely feel 100% fortunate to live in this great country. And uh, it's just... uh, Another day that we can all celebrate together our our good fortunes in our great country. So happy to be part of it. One thing I will add, you know, before we get talking about Jake Sanderson, Mark Gregg and Jeff Sanderson were drafted in the first and second round by the Hartford Whalers back in 1990. Isn't it kind of ironic that, uh, you know, we're looking here 30 years later and their two boys, Jake, Jeff's son, and Ridley, Mark's son, are looked to be first driving. Mean, Jake for sure is a first round draft pick and Ridley certainly to me as a first round draft pick. So, you know, isn't that, isn't that something, uh, you know, coming back all these years later?
2: Yeah, it is amazing. The amount i I've, I found this, you know, since I started doing the pipeline show way back when, when I was doing it with Gee, I just was amazed at the amount of, um, the, the next generation of NHL stars, which I don't, I, maybe I just didn't pay close enough attention before, but it's just been on the rise in the last 20 years, I think. And and maybe that's the, uh, you know, with the advent of training and, and fathers training their sons. But uh, when we're talking about Jake Sanderson, um, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree when it comes to the skating ability, does it?
3: No, it doesn't Dean. And, you, but here's the interesting thing, you know, Jeff was a winger and, uh, to say he was fast would be an understatement because he, he he took fast to the highest level. And, and Jake is an excellent skater too, but he's a different excellent skater. And, you know, you know, one of the things in scouting, you, you know, we can sit here and say, Oh, he's an excellent skater. Jake's an excellent skater, Jeff's an excellent skater. Their positions require a different style of that, a different type of excellence. So when we talk about Jake, you, you know, when I look at the, the feet work and, you know, the agility, the pivoting, the lateral mobility, he, he, he's got this subtle uh, nuance uh, to, to be able to kind of get underneath an opponent with his skating and hold his leverage and just kind of take the puck away uh, from opponents or close the right. But his confidence in his skating allows him to make a significant impact with the puck, without the puck, beating pressure in transition. and. Jeff, you know, when he got the puck to take off and back up defenders, well, that's not required for a defenseman. And so when we talk about two excellent skaters and father and son, you know, Jake's skating allows him to be an impact defenseman. And that's what he's going to be at the National Hockey League level with respect to a top, no question in my mind, he's a top pair defenseman. He's been a leader. The other thing, too, lucky for me, you know, Jake played some of his minor hockey in, in Calgary. Mm-hmm. And so I've I watched him as a bantam and as a midget, a little bit as a bantam, uh, a couple more times as a midget. But, you know, when, when you watch a player and then you watch how much he progresses uh, and, and see where he came from, it it really is quite impressive because not only, not only is he matured uh, physically, but as a player, he's really matured. He steps out on the ice and he is a confident, confident player in his abilities and in his desire to make an impact on
2: the game. Craig Button is joining us here on Tracking the Draft, and he joins us courtesy of the UFFS hotline. Check it out at uffsports.com, and you can get in the scouting game yourself so on craigslist at tsn.ca you have jake sanderson uh ranked 12th i believe he's the second defenseman uh, that you would have coming off the board behind jamie drysdale so um we we, we know now a few things about what what makes jake sanderson exciting maybe what are the things that is maybe keeping him from being a top 10 pick
3: well i will say this thing: like just because i have him 12th i could easily have him sixth on my list sure. i really mean that i, I really could i mean one of the things that uh, I, I think is important to, uh, to express is that, you know, I, I'm a huge believer that you have to get players into the right groups, okay? So, if you have the players in the right group, so let's and you and I are working together, and you say, hey, Jake Sanderson should be six, I say he should be 12. If, if we look through all those players and we say they're in the right grouping, and you have a defenseman, Jake Sanderson, and you have a center, Marco Rossi, and you have a goaltender, Yaroslav Skarov, and you have a winger, Lucas Raymond, right? You know, they're all, if you identify and go through the, the process of identifying what their strengths are, what you believe they can do at the National Hockey League level once they've matured, I, it, it, it's not as simple as just saying, well, the eighth guy is better than the ninth nice guy. It, 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 rarely, and I'm talking extremely rare, can you make those distinctions between those groups of players. And we could have that discussion and understand that, you know, despite, you, you know, a number being attached to uh, to Jake Sanderson, I could easily have him higher. And I, I wouldn't argue with anybody. If you say, I want this defenseman because top pair defensemen, they're in demand. Mm-hmm. And when I go through this draft and I look at the top 12, 13 players, maybe even 14, all I see is quality. Team. I see, and, and when I say quality, top pair defenseman first line forward a number one goaltender if you want one they're they're, they're different they're not all the same it would be nice if you could just say okay uh you know they're all place kickers who's the best place kicker Mm -hmm. right but they're all different positions and they all offer something different but you know the one thing i would say about jake and having watched him for uh so long you know a lot of a lot of times when, when you watch a player you know the the high 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 end defenseman in my view are the ones that can be prolific offensively, and and that, I'm not talking Paul Coffey prolific. I'm talking about contributing significantly on the offensive side of the of the game uh, in terms of point production. That, that's not an end all and the be all, but you, you know those are the defensemen that I think end up being your number one defenseman because they do it all. Now, for me, when I watch Jake and you know watch him play, I think he's a contributor to the offense because he closes the play down in the defensive zone. He's outstanding in transition. He he makes sure that, uh, you know, opponents don't enter the zone easily. He can, uh, you know, create turnovers. And he understands where the puck has to go. And, and I think that that allows him to be an exceptionally smart player and an exceptionally effective player. I'm going to say this to you. I've compared him to Josh Morrissey. I've compared him to Mark Edward Vlasic with respect to the type of player. Well, those are top pair defensemen. Those are very, very uh, uh, good defensemen. I will say this. If, if Jake has more offense than I've given him credit for, he might be more geared towards the Scott Niedermeyer type player. And, you know, teams very well may look at Jake and say, we think that the offense is going to be much better as he moves up levels. And, and and if that's the case, because of skating, because of his subtlety in playing defense like Scott Niedermeyer played it, if that offense comes, watch out. You're going to have a
2: number one defenseman. No, that is uh, impressive. If that uh, can happen, and and, and you're right, uh, you know maybe I was looking at it wrong. But just because you have him 12th doesn't mean a team looks at him at six seven five. Uh, you know whether it's after Drysdale or or, or not. You know teams uh, that that value that kind of a defenseman uh, may step step up earlier. Now I, I, the one thing I love about when you evaluate a player is uh, you don't care if he's six foot five or if he's five foot six. If he can get the job done and if if he can withstand the pressure uh that's great uh, what do you think uh, what do you think about the size of uh, jake sanderson right now at uh, just over six feet and 170 pounds
3: well here's what i would tell you and, I, and i'm glad because i don't i always i always say i don't scout with a tape measure I, I i'm watching the attributes that i think uh are nhl caliber i'm trying to project uh, you know with development what their potential could be but you know when, when i watch jake play I, I i never leave going jesus size could be an issue Geez, you know, I, I wish he was a little bit bigger. It, it might give him a little greater advantage. I'm, you know, six foot five, eleven, six foot one. Doesn't matter to me with Jake. I mean, I, I've never once watched the game and watched Jake play and think that uh, his size or physical stature is something that could that, that could be a deterrent for for, from, for him. And I feel that way right now. And again, I I think too much of the time. And I said this. The vast majority of mistakes in the NHL draft are on size. People over, 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 overestimate the bigger player and underestimate the smaller player. And to me, there's nothing to underestimate about Jake. It um, doesn't matter to me about his height.
2: Wonderful. Jake Sanderson is the uh, first player up for us in top-shelf talent. Uh, He is ranked 12th on Craigslist from the U.S. National Development Program. Put up 29 points in 47 games last year. Terrific skater. And his father, Jeff, uh, is a former NHLer as well.
0: Time for the next wave. go. Braden Point got it done. 35 seconds into overtime. There are great players. Ryan O'Reilly, come get the Conn Smythe Trophy. Superstars. That's a free score from Trey Bergeron, who tied the game and won it in overtime. Even Hall of Famers after the first round. Becky Scars!
2: This is the next wave, and uh, it's uh, two Jakes for the price of one today because the first guy we're starting with is a guy in our neighborhood, Jake Neighbors uh, from the Edmonton Oil Kings. And um, this is a guy who is uh, sitting around uh, 43, in the, just uh, just in the top 45 on your rankings, and a guy who uh, you know took a, f- a big, big leap with a 70-point season this year with the Edmonton Oil Kings. What attracts you uh, to Jake Neighbors?
3: I think first and foremost, and uh, there's two parts the first and foremost number one he he's a very smart hockey player he 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 understands you know the different situations in a game and and what what's required do I gotta make a play do I gotta back off a little bit? do I gotta seal the boards to keep uh, the offensive zone time alive and and he's and he's highly competitive. you know so you combine those two, uh, areas, you know, the, the real, uh, real strong understanding of the game and its situations, and then the competitive desire to make a difference in, in multiple ways. I, I think for Jake, you know, that's the type of player that good players like to play with because he knows where the puck has to go. He knows, you know, okay, I gotta get there. I gotta make sure that I close that defenseman off so that, um, my other, uh, teammate can can get to that puck or you know I'm going to create a turnover or that player's in a better position than me he's got good hands he makes good plays uh, with the puck so you know when you want to when you play with good players you you not only have to be able uh to 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 play alongside of them with pace and everything that goes with it you got to think at the same level as them and then you got to be able to execute the plays because uh, if you if if you're not if you're playing with good players and you don't deliver the puck you don't execute the play you're not going to be playing with them very long and I think Jake does that exceptionally well you know when I you know if he was a better skater and and I think that you know where where, where Jake finds himself at this point in his career is the skating is is not at a level that that allows him to be uh, at this point in time you know much better I uh, I've asked myself this question a number of times from the first time I've watched him at now he reminds me of Milan Lucic mm. to, 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 to a great extent Milan was never a great skater Milan was competitive but Milan knew how to play with good players and more than that he also knew how to get opponents a little bit uncomfortable And, and I'm not so sure Jake you know because the way the game is played now requires that same thing but make no mistake you know Neighbors is a really competitive player that wants to get invested in the in the really hard and demanding areas of the game. So when when I if that skating continues to improve, his pace of play is good. He's going to have to continue to improve his skating. But there are some really good elements. But the biggest thing with Jake is his ability to play with good players. You know, some players you look at and you go, oh, he's a third liner. He's a he, you know, he's a eight to eleven forward. You know, he can play on your third or fourth line. Jake can move up and play with your better players. Uh, I've seen it uh, in junior. I've seen it with Team Canada. And, you know, if he continues to progress, I think that that's uh, areas of his game that add to a team uh, because of the other elements.
2: All right, one more on Jake Neighbors, and then we're going to get to uh, a, a Russian player from the Quebec League that uh, can score a lot of goals. But with Jake Neighbors, sounds like he plays with uh, you know at least an edge. You can say that. How about his goal scoring? Is he is he the type of goal scorer that you know will beat goalies clean with that wrist shot? Does he have that strong shot, or is he more of a you know I'm gonna you know be around the net and 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 bang in some goals?
3: I think uh, you know he's going to be around the net. He he he's going to be A player that's gonna, you you know, be kind of like a bulldog type player, you know, and that's why I compare him to Milan Lucic. I mean, when you go back and you think about Milan Lucic in his prime, Milan Lucic didn't overpower anybody with his wrist shot, right? But he he imposed himself, you know, with a will, and and he used his size to carve out space, not just for himself but for others. So that's where I see his goals coming from in that in that fifteen to twenty feet around the net. You know finding rebounds being hungry on the puck you know that's where i see him uh, uh you know being effective with respect to his goals
2: this is the next wave uh with uh, craig button on track in the draft my name is dean millard we were just talking about jake neighbors and uh let's move out east now to uh, cape breton and we're talking about igor Sokolov, uh, and this is a guy that really uh, just intrigues me from just looking at, first of all, I I know we're not supposed to focus all the time on size, but it's hard to not focus on size with this guy and the amount of goals. 76 goals in his last two seasons, Craig. So, um, you know, tell me a little bit about Igor.
3: Well, I've been really impressed. Another player I've watched for a lot of years. And, you know, I think that Er Igor has always had skill but he, he hasn't always, you know, you know, taken that initiative with his skill. And, you, you know, you, you, you know you got some ability and you score some goals and then you get passed over in the draft and you, you have to take that inward look. Okay, what is it about me? Dean, I, I, I said this, I'll continue to say it, 31 teams don't miss on a player. Mm-hmm. It never happens. Okay, and, it, you know, the player didn't show enough. In some area of his game to warrant being drafted by by a team, so you know, I think Igor has really looked at his at, at his game and said, "Okay, here's what I'm good at." And let me tell you this: he has magic hands. He has those hands that, like you know, I always say, you have to good goal scorers are so effective at corralling bad pucks. You know, not every puck's coming clean to you. Not every puck is going to be right in your wheelhouse. But he's, he's got a great ability to, to position himself and get his hands around on a pot where it doesn't matter if it's perfect or it's tight or whatnot. He, he's got that, uh, that magic in his hands where he can uh, corral a pot and finish. He's got that touch to finish. And, you know, the spaces to score in the national hockey league are not big and he can score in small spaces, you know, with his hands. And because he has that reach and he's a big man, all of a sudden now he's got this huge wingspan where he can swing the defense into different areas where he makes them vulnerable and opens up opportunity for himself. And with that touch, you know, he's able uh, to to finish off very nicely. I've been really impressed with the initiative that he's taken. That says, Listen, you get the puck to me, I'm going to finish. He's forced opponents to say, you better pay attention to me because when I get a chance... I'm taking it to the cage. I'm taking it to the net, and you're going to have to handle me. So it, 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 he's moved from that, well, I'll sit and wait, to till, till till now where he's bounced it out. If the situation requires him to sit and wait, he will. But when it's time to attack, he attacks. And, you know, NHL teams, NHL defenders are so good at being able to say, oh, yeah, you want to stay out there? Good, just stay out there. We're, we're not even worried about you. Igor has, has rounded out his game with respect to challenging and you know, making sure you think about great strikers in soccer. You know, always talk about them you know, attacking and challenging the box and challenging the defenders. That's where Igor has made his greatest strides as a player. And, you know, I, I, I think he's got a chance, and we talked about goal scoring being the hardest thing to do in the National Hockey League. I think a team has a chance to get a, a, a real good player here that can score goals at
2: the national league level. Well, and he scored almost fifty in junior, was approaching fifty with forty six in fifty two games uh, before uh, the season was canceled. And he and he also contributed for at the World Juniors for Russia. Yeah. So he can put the puck in the net. He's got hands. He's got size. Is it getting from A to B that's that's holding him back? And can, do you think he can improve his skating enough to be able to play? Uh, you know, at, at the national league level consistently. It sounds like he's motivated.
3: Yeah, yeah, you, you, but but he wasn't always. He didn't always take the initiative, uh, mm. Dean. So, do I think it's skating? Yeah, I can, as long as it, as long as it's, it it begins with the initiative and it begins with an attack mentality. He 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 has done that. He, he that's exactly what Ewer has done uh, to take his game up a level. And you know, when you when you understand what you have to do, and then you get rewarded for it, it, it it's that vicious circle of. I, I, I'm working at it. I'm getting productive. Oh, great. This is what I got to do. And so when I think about pace to play, he, he, he's, got a, he's got an excellent scoring mind too. He knows, he knows where to go and how to get there, but most importantly, when to get there now. So that keeps opponents off balance because he, he, he can beat you now with his power, but because he can score from 35 feet and 40 feet out, right? You, you, you can't just play off of them and because he's learned how to attack and challenge, now he's become that much more dangerous. So, you know, with a with a really good playmaking center, I mean Igor Sokolov has got a chance to be a really good scoring winger. And you know, you look at players that that, that were, you know, mid round draft picks, even later round draft picks that round out that part of the game that have had success in the National Hockey League, that's what that, that's what Igor has been able to uh, to do and and I think that again back to the goal scoring it's hard to do in the National Hockey League he has he has attributes that not a lot of players have he he is he is one of the very best goal scorers in this draft
2: well it's certainly a guy to watch uh, whenever the draft does happen Igor Sokolov Jake Neighbors in the next wave category uh, second round and beyond some Hall of Famers have been had. Where we're going, we don't need
0: roads. Hop into the tracking the draft time machine.
1: Get the puck on the move. He reminds me so much of James Neal. I think he's a better goal scorer than Billy Garrett. He's the best goal scorer in the draft.
0: And let's see what we can learn from a past player when looking at this year's crop.
1: (laughs) Plays like John Carlson. So what do those guys do? They're able to make the plays in the offensive zone. Like Brock Besser, he's got the deadly accuracy. Nikita Kucherov immediately came to mind when I saw him play two years ago.
2: Excited for Time Machine because it's a surprise for me. I don't get the details, which I love. So Craig, let's step into the Time Machine and tell us about uh, a player from a past draft that maybe relates to a player in this year's crop.
3: Well, I'm going to take you back in the time machine to 1994 draft, and I'm going to take you right to Sault Saint Marie's Marty Turco, goaltender, playing junior B hockey in Cambridge in, uh, in Ontario. And he had already gone through a draft, uh, Dean. And, you know, a couple of things about Marty. Uh, his, his coach was Kenny Mann, who happened to be Todd Harvey's uncle. And Marty was this unbelievable athletic Goaltender. And I'm not just talking about in his movements in the crease. I'm talking about how he puck handled. Kenny Mann used to tell us when we were going in there to watch him, he goes, He's our best puck handler. I tell our defenseman to give him the puck so we can break out cleanly. And, you know, Marty had this unbelievable confidence about him. He he knew where he wanted to go, but he, he, he wasn't worried about if he hadn't got there uh, at that particular point in time. Through a draft, some schools had offered him a scholarship. Marty had so much confidence. He said, "I'm going to Michigan," and he told Michigan, "This is where I want to go, and I will wait until you offer me a scholarship." And that's why. And he told all the other schools that. All, you know, ultimately, Marty was offered a scholarship to Michigan. We took him in the fifth round, and you know, Marty holds every uh, goaltending record in the NCAA. I mean, and records that you know will never be broken. And then he comes into the NHL just shy of 300 wins in the NHL. And, I mean, you're a phenomenal person, phenomenal goaltender, national, uh, two-time NCAA champion uh, with uh, the Michigan Wolverines. And who reminds me of him in this year's draft? Goaltender Nico Dawes. Mm. And a little bit of irony there. You know, because Nico played for Guelph. And Nico, you know, from that same area, Cambridge, Kitchener, Waterloo, it's all in that same kind of area, right? And Nico has gone through drafts. I went to a game earlier on this year. No, I'd, I'd say Nico does play. I, I, I would say that there wasn't much that left me impressed. And I remember watching a game earlier this year. They were playing London. Guelph was playing London. And I'm watching, and, and I'm not, I like to sit in the middle of the rink because I like to look at both ways and, and, and see – uh, you know, kind of watch the goaltender, watch plays develop through the neutral zone. And I'm watching and I'm thinking to myself, geez, he, he, he moves so well. He's got a confidence about him. You, you know, like Marty, they kind of got on top of shooters and they got on top of opponents when they were trying to get scoring opportunities and they were athletic and competitive. And as I'm watching Nico Dawes and I'm watching and watching and watching, you you leave one game, believe it or not, you leave one game, you go, I got to get back and watch that that, that guy play. I went back, I I, I clearly remember over the next three days, I went back and watched a few games on tape of him just to see, you know, is this a one-off? Is this just one of those games that, you know, where where, where everything was clicking? And clearly it wasn't. We know what ended up happening. He gets invited to uh, Team Canada's World Junior Camp. And then, you know, like, okay, the world junior is a big step up, but he, he went in there, but uh, you know, I was lucky to go watch a couple of practices there and and his ability to to dig in and work and and not, he he knew that he wasn't going to get the net back. uh, But his, uh, his willingness to work and dig in and then seeing him after, I I think Nico Dawes is is a perfect example, like Marty Turco. You know what? Not everybody's going to develop at the same time, but you better not close your eyes to players because, you know, they start to show you. And one of the things that, uh, you know, became evident with Nico when he acknowledged it, he got himself in way better shape. He got himself, uh, in, in, into a scenario where he, 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 focused more on technique and worked harder at his conditioning. It's no accident that he finds himself, uh, as one of the top goalies available for the, uh, 2020 NHL draft.
2: Well it's it's amazing uh, how um you know puck playing ability adds such an element uh, you know you ask any defenseman that play with one of those guys and they say it's like a another defenseman back there directing traffic and and the really good ones don't overdo it um, you know sometimes uh, you know guys get uh, a little bit puck handle crazy but if you can if you know knowing when when and when not to go is just as important as being able to to play that puck and 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 the thing that strikes me is the the confidence it sounds like in both of these guys Marty Turco and, and Dawes in that uh, you know Marty was just sitting there saying this, this is what I'm going to do I knew it and and you know when when you draft a guy like that do you just you, you know, when you watch him play, when you talk to him, does does it just kind of ooze out of him that you're like, wow, this is a really confident guy, in no matter what. And do you see the same thing in Dawes?
3: Uh, Yeah, absolutely. With Marty, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, Marty. If you if you ever meet Marty, I mean, Marty is just an absolutely wonderful person whose whose optimism is, is ne- ne- never falls below extremely high. I mean, he's just one of those players. I mean, and it's infectious, right? But you know, that that confidence that you have, you know, M- Marty, he, he was reliable. He, he, he got in the net and, you know, he, he was ready to compete. He was ready to win. And, you know, if a puck went in, no problem. I'll, on to the next one. And that's one of the things that I saw with Nico, you know, and, you know, when, when a player, we talked a little bit earlier about Sokolov, you know, finding his way and understanding what. Same thing happened with Nico. Same thing happened with Marty. If you keep your eye on the prize, and you keep working and you keep uh, developing areas of your game that can help you, you know, uh, you know, advance and be more uh, productive, you're, you're going to get big-time notice by by the NHL, and, and you're going to get every opportunity. Ne- Marty got that. Nico, same exact thing. And I mean, uh, like it wasn't just eye-opening to me, but Mark Hunter and uh, uh, Brad McEwen. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going out. Watching these players for Hockey Canada, I, I tell young kids all the time: keep playing. Hockey Canada is always watching; they're always watching. So if you're playing well, you're going to get an opportunity. Joe Hoffer and Nico Dawes were not at last summer's World Junior Summer Showcase. Didn't mean didn't mean Hockey Canada wasn't wasn't going to continue to watch. You know, Marty Turco wasn't on the radar. People continue to watch. That's why it's imperative for young players keep your focus. I know it can be disappointing at times if you think that you've been bypassed, but just keep showing that you shouldn't have been bypassed, and you won't be bypassed.
2: The thing I remember about Dawes is that he just seems like his movements are seem so calm, and, and there's uh-huh. not a lot of erratic to his play, and 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 you know that that gives confidence to the rest of the the players and everybody that this guy is relaxed and confident in his own crease.
3: Well, and and and, and that's exactly how Marty was you know, one of the greatest games and I, when I thought one of the greatest games I ever saw was an NCAA regional game. And it happened to be at the university of Michigan, North Dakota were big favorites. And it was in Marty's senior year and North Dakota was unbelievable. And it was in Michigan's arena, the building. I mean, they broke every fire code going because they had people, you know, just shoehorned in there like sardines and, you know, Michigan got down two nothing and it was and, and the previous game had gone into double or triple overtime, so there was this long wait. Anyway, Marty they were down two, they had a five on three power play, North Dakota did to, to, to essentially just put Michigan out of their misery. And Marty Turco said, Not tonight, not now. And I, I still remember it as if it happened yesterday, the saves he was making. Uh, I sat across from the benches so I could see, you know, you see how the players are reacting on both sides. And then he made this save. He was on one knee, game, and he kind of put one knee down and one of the players was coming out of the penalty box. Perfect breakaway pass. Scores 2-1. Michigan never looked back. Marty was unbelievable. And it, it was that calm. It was that, it was that sense of in the moment. You better give me a lot better than your best because of your best isn't going to be good enough. And I think Nico, you know, as, as as he's worked on his game and worked on his technique, he's just become more confident in his all-around game. And I think you see that exactly with him as well.
2: All right. In our final minute here, there will be discussions about Nico Dawes as the rounds go on. What do you remember about the discussions about Marty Turco before you guys took him in the fifth round?
3: Well, we love Marty. Okay, so Tim Bernhardt, who's Director of scouting with the Dallas Stars and the Arizona Coyotes, just a brilliant scout. He's so good. Anyway, he uh, w- w- it became now a game of where do we think we can get him? You know, we loved him and we won, but but you know, you manage the draft too, and so really, where it got to was a point of like, okay, we don't want to we don't want to uh, miss out on him, and so we ended up taking him in the fifth round. And you know, based on what his career became, you know, people could say geez, you, you're lucky uh, that you got him there. And we, we feel we were. But we also knew that Marty had, because he'd gone through a draft, because he was playing still junior B, mm-hmm. and, you know, there was still some a lot of teams that hadn't seen him play as much as we had. We, we were on him. We had a really good book on him. And one of the things, and we'll get into this more, uh, Dean, when we talk about, you know, how you set up scouting, not, you know, how you go about the scouting process, Right we knew a lot about Marty Churchill. And so, you know, it just comes to a point where, uh, you know, you say we're taking him somewhere down the line.
2: Yeah. Uh, we will,
3: we're going to have, I'm going to tell you the story of Henrik Lundqvist. But you're going to have to wait for it. There's
2: going to have to be a timing to it. I can't wait. And and that's one of the things I I can't wait to talk more about is, uh, you know, the when do you draft a guy, when don't you, how long can you wait? And we'll get into all that as we roll along. Craig, happy Canada Day. Thanks so much for joining me on this first episode, and I can't wait to chat with you next week.
3: Yeah. Hey, Dean, uh, listen, like fireworks, uh, we started uh,
0: with a bang. (laughs) This is a serious message. Craig Button joins us on the Ultimate Franchise Fantasy Sports Hotline. Become a scout and make money while providing prospects to the Ultimate Franchise Hockey League. What'd you talk about, mister? Pay that man his money. I'm your huckleberry. Check out the details at www.uffsports.com. It's serious. I like it a lot. I said, we got to win it. Yeah! UFFS! You own the game.
2: So much fun chatting with uh, craig button uh, the director of scouting at tsn you can follow him in on twitter at craig j button and uh, he is of course a former gm and uh, helped build the 99 stanley cup champion dallas stars and, and helped build a good portion of the team that went to the uh, finals no four with the calgary flames and also in the next little while uh, we'll also bring you craig's council uh courtesy of the uffs hotline where craig will give you some scouting tips this will be especially important for those in the scouting program with ultimate franchise fantasy sports or for anyone who aspires to be a scout if you have a specific question you can email me trackingthedraft at gmail.com or hit me up on twitter at duckmillard and we will uh, add it to the list of topics when we do craig's council and uh, if you are interested in, uh, becoming a scout, but not sure how to do it or how to get a job. Uh, if you want to do it in a fantasy hockey league that is available, check it out at www.uffsports.com. You literally can scout prospects and then get paid when they get auctioned off to the fantasy hockey teams. Only 31 of them in the league. It is seriously the most realistic fantasy hockey platform I have ever seen. And while there's uh, all 31 teams have been purchased, you can still scout players. So if you really do want to be interested in scouting, it's kind of a neat way, uh, to see, uh, what your scouting skills are like, you know, a lot of people can try to go out and, uh, get a list of Jake Sanderson on that. But you know, if you go and find a guy, uh, that is maybe a little bit underrated by some, well, you could end up finding a diamond in the rough. And when that player gets auctioned off because he had a great season and you scouted him and listed him in September, well, he's a lot more worth more than what you had to post uh, to pick him up. So check it out at www.uffsports.com. Ultimate Franchise Fantasy Sports. And Craig joins us on the UFFS hotline each and every week here on tracking the draft
0: time to flex your brain
2: <laughs>
0: and answer this draft related trivia question well we're waiting. waiting you want answers pay attention now so you're telling me there's a chance can you dig it hands up with answers thank
2: you strange things are afoot at the circle K
0: yeah. <laughs>
2: Let's wrap things up with a little draft trivia. Here is your question. How many American defensemen were taken in the first round last year? Hit me up on Twitter at duckmillard. Email me at trackinthedraft at gmail.com. Uh, but if you do it on Twitter, everybody knows how smart you are. And who knows? Maybe, just maybe you win something from the old tickle trunk here in the marsh. Uh, and that's about it. Uh, again, we featured uh, Jake Sanderson of the U.S. National Development Program, Jake Neighbors of the Edmonton Oil Kings, Igor Sokolov of the Cape Britain Eagles, and in Time Machine, great story in comparison between Marty Turco and Nico Dawes by Craig Button, the director of scouting at TS and former NHL GM and a 1999 Stanley Cup champion. I thank Craig very much for his time. I can't wait to keep doing this. As we speed towards the NHL draft, hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please subscribe and leave us a review. Let us know what you think. Uh, we're always this is very brand new, so we're always going to be tinkering with things. So, uh, would love to hear some constructive criticism from. The Draft listeners out there. And if you'd be interested in getting involved at in the show as an advertiser, and we have lots of cool things and cool ways to uh, promote your business, hit me up with an email, draft at gmail.com. Thanks very much to Craig Button and to you, the listeners. This has been Tracking the Draft featuring Craig Button. Stars of tomorrow are discovered here.